Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. Make some changes in your life. You're going to start being a doer of the word, right? So persecution arises um, and affliction and people get discouraged and they quit and they quit, right? Um, and so we taught, we ministered on that. Okay, so this is what we're going to focus on tonight. Verse 18. These are they which are sown among thorns. Say thorns. thorns. Say get rid of the thorns. Get rid of the thorns. Tonight we're going to talk about the thorns. The thorns in the soil. These hear the word. Verse 19. And the cares of this world. Say cares. The deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word. Say, choke the word. Choke the word. And it becomes unfruitful. So what we're seeing in this scripture, Jesus is talking red letters. He's saying, you can take the word. You can sow it in your heart. But if you're allowing cares to come deceitfulness of riches, lust for other things, your attention is on other things, guess what? That word sown in your heart becomes what? Unfruitful. It doesn't produce. What choked it out? Cares. Cares are thorns. I said cares are thorns. That's what we're talking about tonight. Cares are thorns. They choke the word. The word could be planted in your heart, but if you're not Um, making sure that your soil is free from cares, your heart's free from cares, your mind's free from cares, guess what it's going to do? It's going to choke out the word that you heard. You could go sit under a series of meetings. You could go to camp meeting, sit there for five days straight, go here morning, noon, and night, and guess what? Full of care, full of worry. What's cares? When the Bible refers to cares, cares are worries anxieties, depression, all rooted in fear, fear. And so you could go sit in a series of meetings and if your heart is full, your, your mind is full of cares and worries and fears, guess what? The word that you just heard becomes unfruitful, doesn't produce. It's like someone sitting in class, they weren't paying attention. They sat in a, you know, the, a lecture, for, you know, a whole week, and then they go take the test, and they fail. What happened? Everything they heard didn't produce anything because their mind was on other things. They were being distracted by other things. See, cares distract you. They distract you. They're they're thorns. Say, get rid of the thorns. You got to get rid of the thorns. Amen? And so these thorns, they choke the word. And worry is a care. Whenever you see the word care in the Bible, that's talking about worry. How do you know if you're worrying? If you're thinking about it, you're in worry. If you're thinking about it, you're in worry. And that worry causes the word to not produce. It chokes out the word. It chokes it out. And it becomes unfruitful. And worry, it's torment. It'll, it's tormenting to the mind. You can get in worry about your finances. You can get in worry about your children. You can get in worry about your spouse. You can get in worry about your body, about your physical health. 
You can get and worry about your church. You can get and worry about your job. You can get worried about it, just about anything. You most of the time you can even, you know, many people get and worry about their future. Right? And what does that do? It it torments you. It's straight from the pit of hell. It's not of God. And God does not want us to worry. So let's look at First Peter five seven. First Peter five seven. Praise the Lord. Say, get rid of the thorns. Getting rid of those thorns. Amen. First Peter 5, 7. says, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. What did we just say that word care is? It's worry. It's anxiety. It's depression. It's fear. He said, cast it upon who? God. In other words, you don't hold on to the cares. We are not supposed to hold on to fear and worry, but we're supposed to cast those worries because they'll come. You know, Brother Hagin said, uh, the bird will try, you know, to build a nest. You just don't let them land there. Those worries and and um, they'll come. Those thoughts of worry will come. They'll start to roll around, but you have to resist them. How do you do that? With your mouth. You say, I resist cares. I don't take this care. I'm not going to worry about my family, my children, my job, my future. I take this, Lord, and I give it to you. I put it in your hands. Why? I need God to work on it, number one. Because worry only subtracts from our lives. It never adds to our lives. Yes. Remember that worry will, will subtract. It'll cause your mind to be in torment. It'll break down your body. Yes. You know, they say stress. Most illnesses, uh, most of, I want to say it's 90 something percent. It's a very high percentage, um, are a result of stress. Mm-hmm. What's stress? Worry. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's worry. When you say, I'm stressed out, you know what you're saying? I'm worried. I'm worried. And we are not called to be stressed out. Jesus bore that on the cross so we could have the peace of God, so we could have a peaceful mind, amen? So we can wake up in peace, live out our day in peace, and go to bed in peace. Now, that doesn't mean that that worry, that stress won't try and come. We live in a natural world. You're facing different things in your life. You'll go through different seasons. But if you will remember, you weren't meant to carry it and you give it to God. When it comes, you get it out of your hands. Get it out of your hands. It's like, it's like hot potato. Just, you know, get it out. Just, nope, can't touch it. Can't touch it. I can't touch that. It's not, I can't. We used to have a pastor who said this, I won't touch it with my mind. I won't allow my mind to go there. See, you have control over your mind. Your mind is your mind. You may have to say that. I've said that to myself many times. My mind is my mind. See, I can tell when people get mental, even myself, because you can look at their face and their, their wheels are spinning. Have you ever looked at someone? Have you ever looked at your spouse? Looked at people that you know, and you go, oh, their wheels are spinning. Like, they're thinking. They're really thinking about something, you know? 
and you know you get in the mental you start thinking about stuff there's no answers there you're trying to figure things out there's no answers there there's no answer in worry because the root of it is fear it's fear so when it comes I refuse to fear I refuse to worry I cast this worry on him for he cares for me and he's gonna take care of it then you go to bed and the middle of the night you may wake up and there it is again well what about no 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 devil I already gave it to the Lord it's his it's not mine I refuse to take it back I refuse to pick it up and then you go to sleep and then you wake up in the morning and there it tries to come again no 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 I'm not taking that care I'm not gonna think about that situation I've given it to God and God is working on it thank you father God that you are working on that situation you are turning it in the right direction you're causing it to work out what are you doing you're keeping it in his hands say get rid of the thorns because if you hold on to it it's it's going to choke out the word so then you come to church you read your Bible you you're reading it out loud to yourself you're reading your book of the month and you're in worry what's it doing it's choking out the very word that you're putting in and then guess what that word you're putting in becomes what unfruitful it's like the seed that's been sown and you're wondering where's the harvest where's the harvest why why how come I'm not seeing the harvest well because you may be putting in all this word but if you're in fear if you're in worry it's choking out that that harvest and let me tell you something I like harvest and the enemy doesn't want you to have a harvest he doesn't want you to have the harvest of God's word in your heart because it'll produce life it'll produce finances it'll produce joy it'll produce healing but if you're in worry it's not going to produce healing do you hear what I just said if you're in worry and you're stressed out it's not going to produce healing if you're in worry and you're stressed out it's not going to produce finances I love the story that brother Copeland tells he said he had a board meeting one morning and the night before they were they were in debt and they were millions of dollars in debt and he said I didn't want to look at that board report that I was going to read the next morning to my board members I didn't want to look at it he goes at midnight I finally looked at it because when I looked at it I realized there was only one department He goes, it the whole thing was doing much better than I thought yeah. but there was only one department that it was behind and it was the TV ministry yeah. and the Lord said he, he noticed I don't know if the Lord told him but he goes I noticed that was the one department I was over the one department that I was over, that I was worried about, was behind. Everybody else's department was fine. They weren't worried. And he said, I got, once he realized that, he said, I got out of worry within a short time. The millions was paid off. But what did he do? He got out of worry. He got out of worry. See, you want, we want a harvest. We have to get out of worry. Say, get rid of the thorns. You got to get rid of those thorns because they'll choke out your harvest. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, Let's look at 2 Corinthians 11, verse 28. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. Um, here's Paul and he's talking 
about the persecution and things that he has gone through, how he was beaten, he, had, he was shipwrecked, um, how he had stripes, you know, on his back. He was um, in fastings and hunger, cold and nakedness, verse 28. Besides those things with our, with, that are without, that which comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches. The Amplified says, besides those things that are without, there is the daily inescapable pressure of my care and anxiety for all the churches. Isn't this interesting? Here's Paul talking about daily pressures. Daily pressures that are coming upon him. What are they? Cares? Anxieties? Paul, the one who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Two-thirds, that's a lot. Most of the books we read, all the epistles, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, those are all written by Paul. And he said, here he is daily, there's pressure on him about his churches. So you have to watch out daily, those pressures will come. Daily, those cares will come. But let's go on. Let's look at, um, let's go to chapter 12. And here in verse 7, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Say a thorn. thorn. Get rid of the thorns. Get rid of the thorns. The messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart. And he said, My grace is sufficient. My strength is sufficient for you. My grace, my favor, my loving kindness, my mercy is sufficient for you. Many times you'll hear people talk about the thorn that it was sent from God to buffet, to uh, oppose Paul. But if you read this right here, it says, no, the thorn was sent from who? Satan. It was sent from Satan. Remember, we're talking about get rid of the thorns. Here he was. He had pressures. He had worries. He had daily pressures on his life. Listen, he made it through, so will you. If you'll take the word and do it. Then he goes to the Lord. This thorn in the flesh was sent from Satan. Then he goes to the Lord, and the Lord says, my grace is sufficient. In other words, you do what you need to do. Through my grace, you get rid of it. Not God, you take the worry. God, you take the care. That's not what he's saying. Because we just read uh, in Peter 5, 7, says, cast all your cares. What's the implied subject? You. You cast all your cares on him. Now, Paul, here he is with his daily, these pressures, these anxieties that are pressuring him. He's got this thorn in the flesh sent from who? Satan. Who puts pressure on the mind? Satan. Where's the battlefield? It's in your mind. That's where Satan shoots his fiery darts. He tries to tell you the worst is going to happen. He tries to tell you what you've been believing for is never going to happen. He tries to tell you, he tries to show you the worst possible um, outcome. He's a liar. He's a liar. You know, it'll do you some good once in a while to stand in the face of the devil and say, Satan, you're a liar. I say it to him. You're the father of all lies. He'll say things to me. I said, you're the father of all lies. That's not true. I'll tell you what's true. This is true. God's word is true. I believe his word. I hold fast to his word. I thank God that he's working on that situation. I refuse to take the care because God's power is greater 
than anything you may be facing. Greater than any illness, greater than any pressure in your body, any symptoms, greater than any financial um, thing you may be facing. God's power is greater than that. It'll straighten those things out, but you got to get rid of the thorns. You got to get rid of the worry. And the Lord told Paul, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. In other words, you can't do this without me. That's what Jesus was saying. He goes, you can't do this without me. You need my strength. We need God's strength. And how do we access that? With our words. We thank God. We thank you, Father. This care is no longer mine. I've put it in your hands. I've given it to you. It's my responsibility. It's each of your own. I, you know, you can pray for someone's mind for the devil to uh, stop tormenting them. But there comes a point when we have to rise up and um, get rid of it ourselves. Like we have to start answering the devil. Because someone will pray for you. You can get rid of that torment. But eventually, the devil's going to try and come back. He always tries to come back. We know this, but it's no big deal to me. I just say, nope, devil, too late. I already gave it over to the Lord. It's in his hands. I cast all my cares on him, for he cares for me. Amen. So there comes a point where we have to rise up. God's grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. I'm not doing this on my own. The Bible says his burden is light and easy. If it's not light and easy, guess what? You're doing it on your own. If you're sad and depressed and, you know, we can even come forward and I've done this and I'm not saying this about anybody else but me. I've done it where I've come forward and, you know, I'm just, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and it's like, am I really in faith mm-hmm. or am I so desperate? Yeah. And if you're so desperate, yeah. are you coming to receive in faith? Is that how we approach God? No, the Bible says, come boldly to the throne room of grace. Like I said, I've been there. I've done that. The Lord, he's, he's dealt with me on that. That's not how you approach me with, I, just, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And, you know, and, and if we come to God like that, he's faithful. He says, he encourages us and says, you're going to make it. But how much more if we would come and say, God, I'm coming to you. I know that you're going to take care of this. I'm bringing it before you. I'm coming to the throne room of grace. Come on. And I'm going to find the help that I need. I'm coming boldly, knowing that his word works every time. Amen. And I'm not doing it on my own. You're not doing it on your own. You know, if you do things on your own, you're going to live just like everybody else. Right. without, Just like the people without the Lord. Because guess what? They're trying to do everything on their own. Yeah. But guess what? We are fully, we ought to be fully dependent on Him. Yeah. Fully trusting in Him. If it wasn't for Him, I'd be nothing. If it wasn't for Him, my life would be a mess. My mind would be a mess. My body would be a mess. My marriage would be a mess if it wasn't for Him. Yeah. Praise God. 
but because of him, <laughs> because of his grace, because of the blood of Jesus. I said, because of the blood, the blood, there's power in the blood of Jesus that makes us whole. Come on. That brings life that healed our bodies, that causes a restoration in every area. What is that because of his blood that was shed for us? Amen. Hallelujah. It's the blood of Jesus. Praise God, it was not shed in vain. We're not doing this on our own. We're in covenant with God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So when the devil puts pressure on your mind, he's pounding on your mind. You've got to get rid of that. You've got to answer it back. You tell the devil, oh, no, you don't. I refuse to take that care. You know, sometimes you can be thinking about something for you know, you're sitting there all of a sudden, the next thing you know, it's been like 30 minutes. You've been thinking about something. Yeah. What were you doing? You were taking on the care of it. Right. You were worrying about it. What am I going to do? What am I? It, it could even be about yourself. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know what I'm, what's going to happen now. And, and you know, what, what if I don't get that job? And, no, no, no. and what are you doing? You're worrying. Uh-huh. You're worrying. Yeah. And we were not made to worry. Amen. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians. You're already there. Go back to chapter 10. Verse 5, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. I'm going to start actually in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In other words, we are in the flesh, your body, you're here in the flesh, right? But that's not how we live our life. We live it in the spirit. Casting your care on the Lord, that's a spiritual thing. You're, you're doing that by the, the Spirit of God allows you to do that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's, not, it's not after the flesh where we keep it and we take it and we ponder it. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Come on. What are imaginations? Things that are um, against the Word of God. You cast those imaginations down. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You bring those thoughts that are wrong to the obedience of Christ. You know, it may not even be a care. It could be a wrong thought about your spouse. It could be an offensive thought about someone on TV. You bring those thoughts. You cast them down. I heard one minister talk about this. He said, slap it down. Just slap it down. You know when you see a fly and you get that fly swatter and you're just like, <laughs> sometimes it'll be flying in the air and I'm like, I've had my fly swatter and I'm like, I'm going to kill it in the air. You know, I'm going to slap it down. I'm going to slap it down. That's what you have to do with thoughts and worries and cares and anxiety. You're like, I'm slapping it down. I'm casting it down. And I'm bringing my mind into the obedience of Christ. What does that word Christ mean? You know, Christ isn't Jesus' last name. That word Christ means the anointed one, the anointing. I'm bringing those thoughts into the obedience of the anointing, the anointing that destroys every yoke, removes burdens. I'm bringing those thoughts into the obedience of Christ, of the anointed one. Amen. Amen. Come on. I cast those. So when wrong thoughts come, no, I cast that thought down. I've said that all my life. I cast that thought down in Jesus' name. I refuse to let my mind. If it's something bad about someone, devil tries to bring bad thoughts. 
about your spouse, about your leaders, about your pastor. He tries to bring all kinds of weird thoughts. You better recognize the weird thoughts when they come. Don't think they're all your thoughts. Next thing you know, you're talking, I can't believe you're talking to your spouse. Did you see what they did? And then, and then, and then. You know, oftentimes we have grace for ourselves. We excuse ourselves, but we won't excuse another person. Well, you know, I was tired. That's why I acted that way. You know, it's been a long day. You know, and I didn't even sleep last night, and I, I wasn't sleeping very good. You know, I'm not feeling very good. I was grouchy. But if someone else is like that towards us, we don't have the same grace. I don't know what's wrong with them. In other words, we could be, you know what? Maybe they're having a bad day. You know, maybe, maybe they're not feeling good. You know, maybe... You know, I'm just going to give them the grace. Why don't we give people the same grace for, for, for them that we, ex- we give ourselves? That's a whole other message. But we should. We should always. Bible says love believes the best of everyone. Bible says love doesn't notice when others do you wrong. We want people to have grace for us, but we don't show grace for them. Praise the Lord. So we all got to just start showing grace. We're going to believe the best of everyone, right? And when the bad thoughts come, you know, that's the first thing I do when a wrong thought comes about somebody else. First thing I do is, they probably didn't mean that. Yeah, they're probably tired. Who knows what happened today? That's the first thing I do. I rebut it. But I've trained my mind to do that. Because I've seen people who think wrong about leadership, about their parents, about, you know, teachers, about their spouse and guess what then they start believing wrong about everybody else and their life is a mess and to me it's just not peaceful to think bad about other people it's taking my time away from fellowship with god and i don't have time for that it's a distraction and see these thorns these cares they're distractions it says the deceitfulness of riches the lust of other things they're all distractions sent to prevent the word from producing in our lives amen so when those wrong thoughts come you just cast them down slap it down there's an anointing to do so you're anointed to do it It says you bring it into captivity you bring you bring those thoughts into captivity you capture them into the obedience of christ amen there's an anointing to do it and I tell you one thing about uh, worry, and we'll close here. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6. So when those thoughts come, you answer them. Amen? Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Say amen when you get there. Praise the Lord. We're getting help tonight, right? We're getting Our faith is being built up. We're not going to take on cares. If there's been something that hasn't been producing... All right, Lord, I'm getting on top of this. I need a harvest in this area. I need a harvest for other things. And that those thorns, they get rid of the thorns. It's choking out that word. So, you know, it's so important that when thoughts come, we don't take those thoughts. Because when you take a thought, you've taken the worry. Right? When you've taken a thought, you've taken the worry. And here in Matthew 6, verse 31, red letters, what does that mean? Jesus is talking. He said, therefore, take no thought saying. 
take no thought saying. Many times we speak out the worry. We speak out the fear. And when you speak it out and you talk about it, you've taken it. You've taken it. It's the same way you resist it. You say with your words, I resist that thought. What are you doing? You're resisting it. But if you talk about it at the dinner table, if you let your mind go there, maybe, oh, I'm not going to talk about it the next day, then you bring it up. You've taken that thought by saying. The thought, that, 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 that thought won't produce if you don't say it. It dies unborn. But when a thought comes and you speak it out, now you've given life to that thought. So it could be a wrong thought, it could be worry, it could be fear. You know, when little kids say, I'm afraid of the dark, I'm afraid. Oh, no, no, no. Come here, let me read you. What what does what um, uh, Timothy 1.7 say? God has not given us a spirit of fear. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We don't say, I'm afraid. We are not afraid. You say, I don't have a spirit of fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. That's a spirit. See what's happening. See, we're training our children, but we also we're training ourselves. We don't we don't say, I'm afraid, you know, oh man, if I did that, that'd kill me. You know. Um, you know, my my so my my daddy died at 49, my uncle died at 49, and now I'm gonna, you know, whatever. You know, what are you doing? You're speaking thoughts. You know, and those could be facts. I'm not saying that that didn't really happen, right? But is that your truth? Is that what God said? Now, I'm not talking about your truth, my truth. <laughs> is that the, let me rephrase that. <laughs> have to be careful now. Is that the truth? No, the truth is, God says, I promise you a long life. With long life, he says. Psalms 91, who's reading Psalms 91? You should go to bed reading it. This is what Dr. Jacobs told us was our homework. He says, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation, right? So we don't, we don't, we take thoughts. We take the worry by talking about it. And we resist it. We get rid of it by refusing it. Take no thought. Don't cooperate with the devil by speaking his words. By speaking those worries. Don't speak them out of your mouth. Because the enemy gets into your thought life, then guess where he's really trying to get? Into your mouth. He's trying to get into your mouth. Right? When people say, I can't afford this, what's he doing? He's getting in your mouth. When he gets in your mouth, he gets in your life. I'm not feeling well, I'm tired, I'm not. He just got in your life. Because you opened up your mouth and you let him in. Don't let him in. When you say those things, I say, God, forgive me. No, I'm strong in the Lord. I'm not tired. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. I, God meets all my needs. I can afford whatever I need to buy. I'm fully supplied for every good work. Amen. I refuse to worry about my finances. I refuse it. Amen. Once you pray it, you say it in faith and you praise God that it's done. Yes. Why? Because we're getting rid of the thorns. Yes. Say, say, get rid of the thorns. Rid of the thorns. So no more worry. Well, I was going to go more, further, but that's all we got tonight. Amen. Yes. Praise God. It's good to live a peaceful life. 
to have a mind that is peaceful. Um, that peace, God's peace is the guard to your mind. So you've got to keep out. It's your job to keep out the wrong thoughts. It's your job to keep out worry. You know, I remember when I was pregnant. Every single time I was pregnant, devil come tell me something about one of my kids. I'm like, I refuse that thought in Jesus' name. You know, like, your baby's gonna, you know, tries to tell you. You know, he's always comes. He could come to you about everything and anything. But you gotta catch those thoughts. We're not gonna allow those thorns to come. I'm like, devil, you're a liar. I answered them. You answer those thoughts. And when worry comes, you say, nope, I cast that worry. I cast that concern over on the Lord. It's not mine. I put it in God's hands. He's taking care of it. You need that job. I'm putting it in God's hands. He's going he's gonna to bring me the right job. He's going to bring me the promotion. It's in God's hands. He's taking care of it. Now, I don't say, oh, it's in God's hands. I don't care. And just never, you know. No, it's in God's hands. And then I pray, thank you, Father, that you're taking care of that. Hallelujah. It's in your hands. I thank you, Father, taking care of my children. Father, the power of God's working. God is working in them. God is working in their minds. God is working in their bodies. The power of God is going to work. Why? Because I say it. Because I say it and it's so. Amen. God's word is true. So take his word. Thank him that he's doing the work. Amen. And no more worries. Say get rid of the thorns. Because we want God's word to produce. Amen. Let's stand up. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight, Lord. We thank you for what you have uh, imparted into us tonight through your word, through the scriptures. Father, we just take it. We receive it with thanksgiving, Lord. And Father, we'll make those corrections. If there's anything that we've been, any cares, concerns, worries that we've been taking, just right now, whatever that is, you just cast it. Say, I just cast that and just name it. Lord, we just cast that. That care, that worry about such and such, whatever it is, just say, I give it to you, Father, right now. I put it in your hands right now. I refuse to keep picking it up. I'm not going to keep picking it up anymore. It's not my care. It's not mine. God, you're taking care of it. I leave it in your hands once and for all. Yes, and I thank you, Father. I thank you that your power is working in that situation. I thank you, Father. It's easy for you. It's easy. Hallelujah. It's easy for you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Ha ha. I thank you, Father, that you're working on that. Yes, I thank you, Father. Oh, that I keep my mind. My mind is my mind. Say, my mind is my mind. My mind is my mind. I guard it. I guard it. I thank you that the peace of God, the peace of God, it guards my mind. I put up that peace to keep out all wrong thoughts. I refuse them in Jesus' name. Now, you know, you be careful what you feed on. You can say that, but if you're feeding on negativity, if you're feeding on bad news or reading medical reports and what the doctors say and, and you're focusing on, um, you know, bad reports, then you're going to be thinking the wrong thoughts, you know? When I was pregnant, there was a real famous book. I'm not going to name it. Everybody read it. I didn't read it. I know what I'm expecting. I know what I'm expecting. This was my book right here. That was my book. That's what I read. Everybody else read that that book. Not me. Because I know what I'm expecting. The word. 
The Word. The Word. I don't know why I'm talking about pregnancy. I don't know. Somebody's getting ready to have a baby or what? I don't know what's going on. That's just an example, maybe. That's what it is. I have no idea. But God knows. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know. Praise the Lord. Well, either way, you're going to give birth to something. Amen. <laughs> so, you know, just like a person who is pregnant, that word is a seed. And it's conceived in your heart. And for it to produce the life, you've got to protect that seed you got to protect that seed. Amen. So keep the worry out because it'll choke it. It'll choke out that word. Amen. Did we get help tonight? Yes. Praise the Lord. Does anybody need prayer for anything before we go? All right. Oh, oh. Prayer? We're praying for Praise the Lord. Well, he's the healer. Let's all stretch our hands out. Let's be praying. We thank you, Father, for that healing power that's working in Noemi. I thank you, Father, for the power of God right now. Father, you said lay hands on the sick. They would recover. So I just lay hands. Where is it, hon? On her back. Right here. Right here. I just thank you, Father, for that healing power that goes in. Yes, there it is right there. I thank you, Father, for that healing that straightens all that out pain you go in Jesus name we thank you father for the healing power of God working working causing it to straighten out and be perfect in every way in Jesus name hallelujah thank you father thank you father praise you Jesus you are healed Noemi thank you father do something you couldn't do before amen hallelujah praise the Lord maybe you couldn't move a certain way just move. You're not moving to see if it works. You're just moving because you know the power of God's working. It's activating your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your healing power that's healing Noemi's back. We thank you, Father, for that power that's working. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You're Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. By your stripes we were healed. If we were, then we are. We're not trying to get healed. It's already ours. And we're taking that healing power right now. We thank you, Father. It's done. It's done. It's done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thomas, let me pray for you for a minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for what you have for Thomas. I thank you for the anointing, the wisdom, everything he needs to walk out this next season. I thank you, Father, for it. Hallelujah. And things shall be different. I thank you for bringing him higher. I thank you for his faithfulness. You said a faithful man will abound with blessings. With, now, Thomas, you just keep, keep in mind, in your heart, in your mouth, remind your Rebecca and Rebecca to remind you that the blessing is connected to your faithfulness, to your faithfulness, and that the divine connection that you have protected is bringing you higher. And I thank you for the anointing and the wisdom to walk out that next thing that he has for you. I see you just stepping on over. It'll be an easy thing, so don't even worry about it. God will take care of all those things. He'll show you what to do. You'll just lean on him. The Bible says uh, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. From the inside, the Holy Spirit, he'll just lead you 
every step of the way and you just say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed to do this. I'm anointed to do it. Hallelujah. Draw on that anointing. That's where all the answers are. Amen. Hallelujah. You need prayer, Joel? What? No. We cannot have this anymore, huh? No more pain in the throat. Let's keep praying. Do you believe if I lay hands on you that, that healing power is going to start working? Do you believe it? Do you believe your throat's going to be healed? Okay, I'm going to pray for you and that power of God's going to go in. And that sore throat, whatever that is, that throat in the morning, no more of that. No more of that. Father, you said lay hands on the sick. They would recover. I just lay hands on his throat. You be healed and whole. Pain you go. Any kind of allergies or any kind of symptoms that would try and, and cause a sore throat. No more of that. In the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name. I thank you, Father. His throat is healed. Hallelujah. Did you feel that power of God go in you? Power of God went in. Amen. Now, when you go to bed tonight, you say, Joel, when you go to bed tonight, you say, the power of God went in me. My throat is healed. Power of God went in me. My throat is healed. When you wake up in the morning, doesn't matter. You just say, the power of God went in me. My throat is healed. Amen. Amen. You need prayer? Yeah. What, what are we going to pray for? My house. Your house? Yeah. Oh, are we believing God for a house? Okay, tell your mommy, come on up here. <laughs> come on up here, Celia. Say, come on, mom. He, Emmanuel's ready for his house. You want your own house with your own bedroom? Well, do you know what you're going to put in your bedroom? What are you going to put in there? What, you can put some toys? You're going to put some toys in there? You have, have your own bed? You sleep in your own bed? All right, let's pray for this house. Hey, you have to have faith like a child, the Bible says. Childlike faith will get the job done. Amen. Don't ever doubt your, your children's faith. Amen. Well, there's a house for you. Hey, Emmanuel, this house is going to bless you just as much as it's going to bless your mama because you're putting your faith on it. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for the right house. I thank you for that door. That door you open up in Jesus' name. We come against any opposition that would try and keep them from getting into their house. I thank you. for There it is right there. I see that door opening up. There it is. That door's opening for that house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for that house. It will be a blessing and you, it'll be a testimony of God's faithfulness to you. You're going to get the, the desires of your heart. You're going to get that house. You're going to get that house. I see you with that. And got a nice little backyard. You can ride your bicycle. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for that house. Amen. The right location, Celia, is important. Yes. Did you hear me? The right location is important. It's important. You make sure you, you get the one the right location. Amen. It's important where you live. You know, Pastor and I, you know, well, you know, we never moved somewhere for a job. We moved to where our church was. Why? That's where our life was connected. Amen. Our life was connected there. So. You can get your house now. I was coming. Quick, quick, quick. Angels, let's release the angels. Devil, you loose that house. Angels, you go forth and you bring Celia her house. Now, if there's someone in that house that needs to get out, they need to get out. Father, because you've got the right house for her. You know, Celia, Pastor and I looked at many houses. There were houses I saw online. I didn't want them. 
I'm like, I don't want to go look at it. Pastor Marks is like, we have to make movement. I don't care if you've seen it on the online, he would tell me. You just go look. I'm like, but I already know I don't like it. I already know. I saw the, I saw the blue carpet. It was, you know, or it was old or whatever, and I didn't want it. But he made me. He's like, nope, we're going to go. We got to keep our faith moving. We just had to move by faith, move by faith. And towards the end, there was one that we almost bought. But we, at that point, we had gotten like, you know, we're ready. We're done. You know, you get to that point. And, but we realized it was a decoy. It was a decoy. So just watch out for the decoy. Make sure it's in your heart. You're not settling. Um, but, you know, he's got the right house for you. We got into the house that we have. I remember when Pastor Marcus called me and said, we're, we're going to go look at this house when you get off work. And I had looked at it online. It just come up and I'm like, how are we going to get into that house? You know, are you sure? You know, you know, and he's like, we're going to go look. And we walked in and I'm like, all the bells, all the bells went off. This is it. Wow. And when we got into that house, there were things that we didn't even know about that we discovered that were in that house. So God has the right house for you. Um, and, and, and there came a point when I, when I started saying, if there's someone in my house, Lord, you get them out of it. You get them out of it. And not that we're coveting anybody's house, but someone was, they had already been planning to move for a certain period of time and maybe the Lord just kind of hurried them up. I don't know, but I, I do know that they were trying to get out of that house because it was two stories. They wanted a one story. So, you know, there's someone there. Maybe, I don't know what house it is, but you just keep looking. Just be led by your spirit and you just do what you have to do. Everything in the natural He's going to bring you your house. Ooh, we're going to hear a testimony. We're going to have see a picture of Emmanuel with picture of him in his room and in his house. Amen. In front of it too. Praise the Lord. Well, we love you all. You guys be blessed. We'll see you Sunday. Pa uh, Pastor